Hi, I'm Dr. Alicia Armistead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition for over 14 years in New York City and Connecticut. And I wanted to talk to you today about better circulation. Do you suffer from swollen legs, numbness, and tingling in your arms, or frequently have cold hands and feet? Although these are common signs of aging, it may also be your body signaling a problem with your blood flow. Poor circulation can be the result of health conditions that may have serious consequences. High blood pressure is not a condition, but a symptom of something off about the body. Don't just treat the symptom. Get healthy now by realizing the root cause of any circulation issue is lack of the right nutrients and or toxic blood. I will describe these things to you uncover the signs and symptoms to watch for with poor circulation and things you can do to improve blood flow. I first want you to picture blood flow. Flow is your life force and for a healthy body the major functions of blood vessels include the supply of gases, fluid, nutrition, and signaling molecules to the tissues with the capillaries as the site of exchange for all this. At these sites, plasma leaks from the capillaries into the tissue known as the interstitium. The interstitium is a network of connective tissue that surrounds nearly every organ in the body, mostly found surrounding the digestive and respiratory systems and under the skin. These are all concentrations of lymphatic tissue. Seen as the body's 80th organ, it was previously thought of as dense connective tissue until researchers discovered that the interstitium is actually a series of interconnected fluid-filled sacs that runs continuous throughout the body. The lymphatic capillaries take up this protein-rich fluid from the interstitium, thereby maintaining not only tissue fluid homeostasis, but also exerting immune surveillance. The lymphatic network is composed of lymphatic capillaries that grow bigger into lymphatic vessels with a smooth muscle cell layer and valves, which prevent backflow from happening. The largest collecting lymphatic vessel The thoracic duct is at the collarbone on the left-hand side. This is where the lymph fluid dumps back into the bloodstream, so lymph becomes blood once again. The body contains 5 to 6 quarts of blood for an adult, which is circulated by the heart. There is 3 times more lymph in the body than blood, and it does not have a pump like blood does. We have to depend on our muscles to contract in order to move the lymph. Yet, there is so much of it that if a person's lymphatic system were to stop functioning, loss of fluid volume and swelling of the tissue would cause death within 24 hours. This is how important circulation of both the blood and the lymph is for the body. Blood carries protein, oxygen, and nutrients to the organs. Once inside the organs, it exchanges its nutrients and carries wastes and carbon dioxide away. Lymph is the leftover blood that leaks from blood capillaries into the interstitium that the lymphatic vessels pick up. Lymph fluid contains water, proteins, salt, fats, and white blood cells that must return to the blood. It also filters toxins like viruses, bacteria, fungus, parasites, damaged cells, cellular debris, and cancer cells in the lymph nodes on its way to the thoracic duct where it gets dumped back into the blood supply. I love how Dr. Samuel West puts it. 
Quote, toxins are carried through the body by blood. These toxins include impurities of what we eat, inhale, and ingest. This causes an increase in blood protein and water to leak out of the capillaries into the interstitial space around the cells, causing swelling. The swelling prevents oxygen from getting into the cells, causing cellular stress, which can lead to various forms of disease. End quote. Dr. Samuel West was one of the first doctors in the U.S. to talk about the importance of the lymphatic system in the healing process of disease and injuries. He believed that the number one cause of diseases and pain are lack of oxygen due to a congested lymphatic system. Not only do we need a good circulating lymph system for proper oxygen to our organs, but we also need good blood flow. Poor circulation of both blood and lymph flow means that there's a lack of nutrients and oxygen being delivered to the organs and also a lack of toxins moving out of the organs. When this happens, there could be a loss of appetite, Part of proper body function depends on the conditioning of the gastrointestinal tract. We require a good blood supply for the digestion and distribution of nutrients in our blood. A decrease in circulation leads to a lack of appetite and a slowdown of our metabolic rate. Another sign of poor circulation is a numbing and tingling sensation that most commonly occurs in our hands, feet, arms, and legs. This is a signal of reduction or blockage of blood flow to these parts. It usually happens when maintaining the same position with the hand or foot for a prolonged period. If numbness occurs often, it may be a sign of poor circulation. If you find yourself constantly feeling exhausted, even after a good night's sleep, you may have poor circulation. Improper delivery of the essential amount of oxygen and nutrients to the organs and muscles will cause your body to try and reserve any stored energy, which will lead to the overwhelming feeling of fatigue. Since our digestive tract requires good circulation, a problem with blood supply can lead to the improper breakdown of food. As a result, it could lead to a host of digestive issues, such as diarrhea, stomach pains, and nausea. It also causes a reduction of nutrients absorbed by the body. Poor circulation can also weaken the immune system since our body cannot fight ailments without the proper nutrients. The immune system needs amino acids and minerals from a proper functioning digestive system, which can be hindered with poor circulation. Any open wounds will also be affected as the healing process will take longer. For a heart to maintain good working order, our blood circulation must be strong and steady. Poor circulation can cause a feeling of tightness or pressure in the chest. The condition is often mistaken for a heart attack. The pressure sensation comes and goes. That way you know it's not a heart attack because a heart attack is constant pressure. I remember treating a patient with heart palpitations. He went to a cardiologist and did all the normal testing and they couldn't find anything other than atrial fibrillation and sent him on his way. But the palpitations were so disruptive, happening at least twice a month and lasting anywhere from a few minutes to seven hours. He tried a lot of other holistic practitioners and this went on for two and a half years until he finally came to healing arts. Working with his diet, which he actually already ate really well, but we had to change a few things around and in detoxing and purifying his blood and making sure he had enough iron, he can now go months without any palpitations. It's amazing to see how even the heart can respond to the right nutrition. Our brain also relies on circulation to be in tip-top shape, not just the heart. 
As the blood supply decreases, so does our capability to think sharply and precisely. So if you have a memory issue, you may have poor circulation to the brain. Our inner body temperature depends on a consistent blood supply. Our extremities, including the fingers and toes, receive heat through the blood circulating from our core. Poor circulation leads to an abnormal core temperature, resulting in cold hands and feet. We all experience dark circles and puffiness under the eyes from time to time, usually due to a lack of quality of sleep. These symptoms can also be a sign of poor circulation. An easy way to determine the cause of dark circles is to press on the skin. If it turns white before immediately returning to a darker shade, it's due to poor circulation. Poor circulation symptoms can also affect our hair and nails. Since the circulation of blood carries nutrients to required parts of the body, the health of our hair and nails depends on good blood supply. Poor circulation can cause nails to chip and break easily and hair to become brittle and fall out. The hands and feet can become swollen if the lymphatic vessels cannot maintain fluid levels due to poor circulation. The fluid can escape into the tissues of the extremities and cause the swelling. And now that I think about it, swelling in hands and feet is common, but any weird swelling in any part of the body could be due to lymphatic system not picking up the excess fluid from the interstitium. Varicose veins can also be a result from the swelling. Poor circulation may cause the veins to become visible near the surface of the skin due to a buildup of pressure. Varicose veins appear as the blue and purple lines and may result in pain or itchiness in some cases. If there's no pain or itchiness, there's nothing to worry about. But if there is lots of pain and lots of itchiness, then the body is signaling that the pressure buildup is too much. A reduced blood flow can cause libido problems for both men and women. The reproductive organs of both sexes require a great deal of blood supply. Women may also have irregular menstrual cycles and fertility issues, while men tend to suffer from erectile dysfunction. If you suffer from any of these ailments I just went over, it could be due to poor circulation or poor lymphatic circulation. The big question is, what can you do for it? My first solution is my favorite, taking a hot bath, soaking for at least 20 minutes with Himalayan salt or Epsom salt. Himalayan salt is better because it has more trace minerals in it. If you don't have a bathtub, a hot shower will do. My second favorite way to help increase blood flow is massage. Nothing beats working a part of the body to get more blood flow. Of course, going for a massage is great, but even at home you can massage any part of the extremities yourself. A nice foot rub before bed is a great nighttime routine. And if you add essential oils to your massage, it can be that much more therapeutic. To increase circulation, I would recommend rosemary, eucalyptus, and peppermint oils. You can choose one or do a combination. And of course, add lavender if you want to be really relaxing. Massaging with these oils will help warm the tissue and keep the skin soft, which will help promote circulation. Rub rosemary on varicose veins too, because not only is rosemary very effective for improving blood circulation, but also for treating dilated and inflamed veins. Massage helps get blood flow moving and adding essential oils to it can be very medicinal. Once a month, full body massage can be very powerful in maintaining good health, but also whenever you have pain or stiffness, massage is good to get the fluid moving, both the blood and the lymph. 
This allows pressure off the area and the pain and stiffness will lessen. The best thing for a bruise is to massage it. Even though it is painful, it works like magic because it gets the spilled blood to move out. Sometimes hair loss is due to poor circulation and the best remedy is to massage the scalp. Due to lack of circulation, the hair roots aren't getting enough blood to them. Without enough blood, there's not enough nutrients for the hair and the hair prematurely falls out. What I suggest doing is spending a full minute in the morning and another full minute at night massaging your scalp to increase blood flow to the hair roots. You may find that as you massage in small circular motions using your fingertips, tender spots, and it is these spots in particular that you want to concentrate on for they're tender due to a lack of circulation. You will notice as you massage, the tender spots will become less tender. Continue to do this every day, twice a day, for at least two weeks in order to see a change. Sometimes hair loss is due to the body or the hair not having the right nutrition. This is why I developed my own hair supplement called Hair Rejuvenation. It uses black currant seed, saw palmetto, dandelion, rosemary, pomegranate, raspberry leaf, vitamin C, and vitamin E to give the body the boost it needs to grow hair. Vitamin C, vitamin E, and pomegranate are used for their antioxidants, which help the body have less stress on it from toxins. Pomegranate also contains punicic acid, which stimulates the hair follicles for better hair growth. This will strengthen the hair follicles and stimulate strong and fast hair growth. Also to help detox is dandelion, which supports the liver. Dandelion is also rich with vitamin A, C, B complex, and E. It also contains biotin, iron, sulfur, magnesium, and calcium. These all enrich the hair by stimulating and strengthening the hair. Rosemary has been tested in clinical trials and shown hair growth is just as good as Rogaine on men after six months of use. Raspberry leaf supports the hormones, while black currant seed and saw palmetto are direct hair support. Hormone support is important because too much testosterone can cause hair to fall out. Black currant seed contains omega-6 and omega-3 essential fatty acids, which help provide moisture for your hair and encourage your hair growth. Specifically, the gamma-lulonic acid in black currant seed is an omega-6 acid that can help prevent hair thinning, splitting, and dryness. By taking the oxidative stress off the body while also supporting the hormones and liver as well as the hair, I have seen the best results with my patient's regrowth of hair. Unfortunately, it takes time, and it usually is only in the fourth month that patients start noticing a difference. Now, stretching can really help with circulation. It may seem unusual, but it's simple that if we stretch, then circulation gets moving. You may want to consider yoga for it's all about stretching and movement. Yoga has also the added benefit of low impact exercise. If you sit for long periods of time, remember to get up and stretch and move around a little. Sitting for too long may affect circulation. And exercise really is important. Not only does it get the blood and lymphatic system moving, but it also helps strengthen it, especially if you do cardio workouts. 
Just walking for 30 minutes, five days a week can make a difference. But for lymphatic flow, the best exercise is rebounding. All forms of exercise work on the principle of opposing gravity. Rebounding utilizes the forces of gravity as well as the forces of acceleration and deceleration. When you land on a rebounder, every cell in the body has to adjust to the increased deceleration. When the springs take over and push the body up into the air, then the body has to adjust to a weightless condition for only a moment at a time. Having the body adjust to an environment that it is not used to, which is deceleration at the bottom of the bounce, promotes the flow of lymph, thereby helping the body push out toxins and strengthen the immune system, making the lymphatic system more effective. The way the lymphatic system works is the lymphocytes, the white blood cells that are moved through the body via the one-way valves. You've got these valves from the bottom of your feet upwards throughout the entire body, and the valves from the legs all point upwards. From your neck, they go down. From the arms, they go up towards the chest. So when you move the body all around, the lymph fluid is always moving in that one direction, towards the collarbones. It's here at the top of the chest. The lymph valves allow the lymph fluid to flow back into the bloodstream. By activating the one-way valves of the lymphatic system, you can cause an increase in lymph circulation by 10 to 30 times of what the lymphatic system is able to do during rest, which is so sluggish it's almost zero. So when you bounce on a rebounder or jump on the floor or use a jump rope, the one-way valves open and close about 100 times a minute, circulating the lymph fluid, removing toxins, and getting the white blood cells to areas of the body where they need to be. Without adequate movement, the lymph does not move and the lymph vessels cannot even pick up the lymph from the tissue. This means the cells are left stewing in their own waste products and starving for nutrients and oxygen, a situation that contributes to arthritis, cancer, and other degenerative diseases. Rebounding is great for the lymph system because the lymph vessels move the lymph in one direction, towards the heart that makes the vertical up and down movement of rebounding more effective than horizontal motion workouts. It's nice for the joints in general, too, because the rebounder gets rid of the pressure the joints would take when hitting the pavement. Poor lymph flow is common in sedentary people. This is one reason why less active individuals are more susceptible to illness. Sedentary people who have poor diets or choose to live on junk food are often unwell because the body sends all the toxins and waste to the lymphatic system. The lymph flow is poor due to a lack of exercise, so toxins accumulate in the body. My patients with chronic pain disorders tend to be in a tough spot. The pain doesn't allow them to exercise, and yet the lack of exercise can hinder circulation and also prevent muscles from getting the oxygen and blood flow that they need. About 25% of patients with fibromyalgia report experiencing circulation problems, But I think the circulation issues come first, increasing the inflammation and part of the reason why the body manifests the fibromyalgia. Toxin buildup is another part of the reason why people with fibromyalgia hurt all over. Rebounding exercise also strengthens each cell of the body so that the healing can occur and can be light enough on the body even for my chronic pain patients. Every process of every cell is enhanced, allowing each organ to do its job more efficiently. 
Digestion and absorption are enhanced. Elimination is improved, thus removing more toxins from the body, and the body is relaxed and de-stressed so healing hormones are produced. Now, what you need to know is that wearing bras can be harmful and slow down circulation to the point of increasing your chances for breast cancer and cardiovascular disease. Over 85% of the lymph fluid flowing from the breast drains to the armpit lymph nodes. Most of the rest drain to the nodes along the breast bone. Bras and other external tight clothes can impede this flow. The nature of the bra, the tightness, and the length of the time worn will all influence the degree of blockage of lymph drainage. Thus, wearing a bra might contribute to the development of breast cancer as a result of cutting off the lymph drainage so that toxic chemicals are trapped in the breast. It's important to realize that nearly all underwire bras contain metal with a coated plastic which creates even more potential risk for the wearer. Metal acts as an antenna, which will attract electromagnetic fields. This can increase risks of cardiovascular disease. Johns Hopkins performed research showing that there is a direct relationship between exposure to electromagnetic fields and the speed and rhythm of the heart. There's a book out there called Dress to Kill, conducted a study of over 4,000 women and found that women who do not wear bras have a much lower risk of breast cancer. Their findings include women who wore their bras for 24 hours a day had a 3 out of 4 chance of developing breast cancer. Women who wore bras more than 12 hours a day but not to bed had a 1 out of 7 risk. Women who wore their bras for less than 12 hours a day had a 1 out of 52 risk, and women who wore bras rarely or never had a 1 out of 168 chance of getting breast cancer. I also found fascinating that this book, that about 90% of fibrocystic patients improve when they quit wearing bras. Of course, while some women would be happy to have any excuse to burn their bras, breasts can be very heavy and Having insufficient support can cause some women a great deal of discomfort. Fortunately, there are more and more options of bras out there that don't have the underwire. And so the best thing to do is go out there and try to find one that works for you without the underwire. And actually, wearing as little tight clothing as possible is key. When socks are tight, we can see the swelling at the end of the day when we take our socks off. That swelling is lymph. Elevate your feet is the easiest thing to do to get the lymph flow back. Better than elevating your feet is to sit on the floor with your butt as close to the wall as possible, with your feet up against the wall, letting gravity do the trick. Within three minutes, you'll see a difference in the fluid retention in your ankles. Also, for better circulation, always take your shoes and socks off when you get home. And if you're a smoker, quit. Cigarettes contain so many toxins and are disastrous for your health in so many ways, but a number of them revolve around the heart and circulation system. The nicotine found in cigarettes is particularly bad for circulation. So there you have it, all the different ways that circulation can be improved and different signs and symptoms of circulation. Next week, I'll talk about foods that can help with blood and lymph circulation.